Welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast, where ASI's editors provide tips and tactics to help promotional product professionals improve their businesses. In every episode, we go one-on-one with a business strategy expert to gather winning insights. The conversations are sure to be insightful and entertaining. This week on the Strategy Session podcast, I welcome in David Bronson from Unionware. David and Unionware are specialists in Made in the USA items, and we're going to talk about uh, that trend today with David. So let's bring David into the conversation. How are you today, David? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Great. So we want to talk about made in the USA, made in the USA items, and uh, the pickup in that, the increase in interest in that. So are you seeing buyers increasingly looking to to purchase items that are made in the USA? Oh yes, we have seen a surge, not just in interest, but in actual orders. Um, we're helping dozens of new markets and industries co-brand with the most valuable brand in the world, made in USA. And when we look at what's driving sales, it's not patriotism. It's more strong convictions about issues that domestic manufacturing solves. For example, social compliance. When an end user buys an American-made product, he or she knows the workers who made the actual product are regulated by the same labor, safety, and environmental regulations that the buyer benefits from. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies market their products as made in USA, and they want premiums that are also made in the USA, so they send a consistent message. So as far as the uh, what's driving the trend, you, you, you just talked about, you know, not necessarily patriotism, but uh, more that uh, kind of conviction in domestic manufacturing. Um, as you said, that, that's kind of uh, because of the confidence in social compliance. Is that, um, is that something that's different today than maybe, uh, say, five years ago? Are people more interested in uh, the issue of social compliance than they were before? Yes. Um not just in terms of social compliance because they know that if it's made here, we're also a union shop. We're the only union cap company in the country, so they know that our workers have been vetted, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, The prices of imports have increasingly gone up by about 20 to 25% for almost the past five years, as you mentioned that as as a number to work with, while domestic pricing has remained flat. So made in USA is not yet as competitive with imports, but the premium paid for Made in USA keeps decreasing, and that's why I think we're seeing a lot more customers that are willing to pay a premium for social compliance and consistent messaging. Hmm. What else is uh, what else is kind of driving the trend? What other factors are you seeing out there that's um, uh, leading towards, uh, you know, as you say, the surge in Made in the USA orders? Well, I mean... A lot of it's when distributors ask me questions about looking at the total cost of ownership. And importing products has a lot of hidden costs. There's high minimums. There's prepayments, um, inventory, duties, taxes, shipping from overseas, sampling, travel, even in factory inspections. Um, What we try to ask distributors to look at their client base and really see if they have any clients that could appreciate co-branding with a Made in USA label. Um, and when we look at that, we look at what is it that makes Made in USA, you know, what's so popular? And what we've seen a lot of renewed interest in are baseball caps because the amount of money spent on presidential campaigns. Mm-hmm. The baseball caps, such as the ubiquitous made Ameri- Make America Great Again right. cap, 
as we all know who that is. Right. Uh, it's at the top of the item for political campaigns. Bags are popular, too, because they don't have as much labor relative to materials as other products, so they save money by, you know, they'll save a lot of money because because of that. But really, when you think about the hat, they can wear that over a jacket. Mm-hmm. They can wear that even though they're you know, they're wearing a suit at a rally or at any kind of event, and it's seen because it's on their head. So whether it's a Democrat or a Republican running right now, we're getting a lot of that increased business. Right. All right, so how do you think distributors can capitalize on this trend? What do they need to do to, uh, to capitalize on this surge in interest uh, in made-in-the-USA products? Um, I think what distributors need to look at is who do they know or who is it that they're doing business with that might really care about made-in-USA. And if the spend is what we keep hearing that there could be $8 billion spent on political campaigns over the next year. That's the largest number that we've ever seen in this country. Mm-hmm. Whether it was eight years of a Republican in the House and then eight years of a Democrat, the battle is on, and it's really been heating up. And that's something where in the promotional spend, they have to buy made in USA. Right. So when we look at that, we look at where do you want to target your business? You know, Suppliers are always looking for the new item, the new hot thing. End users are always asking distributors, what, 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 what's the best thing you just saw at the show? And the traditional markets that we've had are made in USA for political or legal reasons. The Department of Defense for recruiting or labor unions or government agencies. But the political campaigns right now, if there's ever a time to capitalize, it's this year. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, outside of uh, those, uh, say, government entities or political campaigns, what what other buyers are most interested in items that are made in America? You know, what markets should distributors try to target with these types of products? Um, if I just look at recent off the top of my head, the people that really are promoting themselves for Made in USA or socially responsible include manufacturers like Lincoln, um, tech companies like Google, green companies like Whole Foods, nonprofits like American Legion. We've grown what we call the small batch customization market the past year where friends of mine on the distributor side just want something turned quickly without large quantities or timing needed from, let's say, China. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone like Google really does have a push for it. And we, we have found a way to work with a distributor that has a program where they wanted something, they needed to be at a certain price, we tweaked it a little bit. And that's one of the things that we're really strong in is re-engineering products so that the Made in USA label can work and be competitive. It's our niche. It's the one misconception that everyone says, oh, everything's less expensive than China. It doesn't have to be. But we can change a handle on a bag or take out a pocket or make it an inch difference and we know by how we cut to yield to make it work with our production department we can say what's your budget Mm -hmm. so the distributors that really get it and really want something custom or they really have a need for made in usa we we have to work as real partners because we're not just putting a one color logo in one location on a product we're making it from scratch right so if they tell me that they can spend 2500 for this giveaway or 40000 for a, a bag that's going to be at a place like Whole Foods. Whatever it may be, we kind of work backwards 
like a supplier would when they're importing on a large project. It's the same kind of thing. It's just that we're making it here. Mm -hmm. So we ask for the budget so we know what fabric to use. We know how much time it's going to take. And we put that into the equation and come up with a costing and share it with the distributor. And really, we're an extension of their sales and marketing team to work with them from the ground up and build the product to hit their budget. So what was Google looking for? Why were they interested or so interested in uh, purchasing made in the USA items? Um, Google has a big push for it, which we love to see. And a couple of the distributors that that work with them, um, one in particular just said they want to have as much made in USA as they can um, for a program that we're running. Mm -hmm. And everybody that wants made in USA doesn't always want to live up to billing on it because they could get some sticker shock on some items. Right. But then we have certain items where we say, wait a second, if we're within five to 15% of the cost, why wouldn't you buy made in USA? Mm-hmm. And sure. think about the, the global impact, the footprint left when we're making it here, we're not shipping it from a port overseas and then bringing it all the way over here and then cutting, sewing, embroidering, whatever kind of decoration method we're doing. Um, and that goes into where if you don't have a made in USA need or a union, but sometimes they just want something that's totally custom. And we're doing dye sublimation now. And we're growing with the times for those distributors that really care about something creative. What can you do with fabric that we supply you with? Or what can you do with your decoration techniques? We embroider flat panel. We can do things in embroider so wide, so high that a hoop can't handle. And a lot of the American people that care about Made in USA, they like to see, wait a second, you actually do this here? We're like, yes, we've been here for 23 years. We're right outside of Manhattan by about 12 miles. We're, we're right here. Right. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Very good. So, uh, so that it, let, me, let me bring the conversation back to price. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but price does tend to be the big objection when it comes to purchasing made in the USA items. So I'm gathering that this isn't the, um, the maybe objection that it once was, but how, uh, how do people or how should distributors overcome that objection if they're still receiving it in the market? It really is a project-by-project project basis, but the way we think about it, like I started to mention earlier on how we re-engineer products to fit a budget so that Made in USA can be competitive, mm-hmm. there's, there's a little bit of that misconception because wagers are lower in China and that the price is always lower. Um, imports have a much higher overhead than domestic goods. They have the inspections. Suppliers have to deal with the language issues and feel that pain all the time. When we redesign a product so it's, it's much less labor-intensive, than a product coming from overseas. Mm -hmm. So eyelets on a hat, for instance, that takes a lot of time to make here, and it adds money to when we do it. So some people say, you know what, we don't need eyelets. Well, I just saved you 60 cents a hat because we took eyelets off of a hat, and if it's a trucker mesh back hat, what are eyelets needed for? It doesn't make a difference. It's just a look, but goods made in China are usually designed with extra labor to save on materials. We do the opposite here. We want to save on labor and make it usually a better way and a leaner way. And we can be more productive than overseas. And our clients seem to be willing to spend just a little bit more for that Made in USA label, especially when they see the quality of the product. But ultimately, you're seeing uh, the price differential uh, sort of coming together a little bit and not being as uh, stark a difference as it once was. 
Yeah, mainly because of what we mentioned earlier, that mm-hmm. it's been about a 20 to 25% increase of products being imported over the last five years, but domestic pricing has remained the same. Right. Gotcha. All right. Well, before I let you go, I wanted to go back to the presidential election a little bit. Obviously, that's uh, big time in the news uh, right now and will be for the next year. Uh, do you foresee that uh, the impact of that uh, marketing power trickling down to the local elections that will take place over the next year as well? Um, that is one of the things that we're just loving and revving up for to be <laughs> completely open book with you, Andy. This is especially with when we talk about the baseball caps, where where we're looking at the marketing being spent on this election. Candidates like Donald Trump have already shown in filings that they've spent more money on hats and shirts than any other line items. Right. A number of candidates have been publicly called out for selling products that were imported, and they're self-correcting. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot of that increase. Some of our competitors aren't making Made in USA anymore because the costs have gone up. We've stayed the same. And when you look at the baseball cap as just one item, it really can be so easy for them because sizing isn't an issue either. You know, you, you, where, wherever you go, you can wear that. It happened in the Labor Day parades. It's happening in the Veterans Day coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about getting the candidate's name out there and creating a bond between the wearer of the hat and the candidate. And whenever you see somebody walking down and they're, they've got cameras all over them, what can they wear? You're not going to see someone wearing a T-shirt if they have a jacket over it as much as that's still a popular item, but we're hitting winter now. Right. And we just see that it's like a walking billboard when it's on the hat. Mm-hmm. So they really they love having it right on top of their head, and whenever you look at them or do anything, they put them on when they're on the podium and making speeches. Right. So I'm guessing that you're uh, kind of doing backflips every time that Donald Trump shows up in his hat, huh? <laughs> you know what? Uh, everyone has their issue. Like when we go to the shows and they say, why do you have this hat? Why do you have that hat? And we try to explain to them that we're a mean USA factory. We're not taking <laughs> political stands on independents versus Republicans and Democrats. And we have a lot of people coming over and talking to us about this. And we said, you know, we're, we're a promotional product manufacturer. We're one of the few that actually make something. We're not just importing and putting a logo on it. And whoever wants to buy them, especially for a political campaign, and they need to be made in USA, we're open arms for. There you go. David Bronson, the man who will make a hat for anybody. <laughs> well, well, we have, I don't know if we say anybody yet. Just, all right. Just we are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, uh, David. Well, thanks very much for, uh, for joining me today on the Strategy Session podcast. We really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for your time, and I hope to see you at the next show. Sounds good. We'll speak to you soon. This has been the latest episode of ASI's Strategy Session Podcast. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to asicentral.com slash podcast.